Hey, everybody. This is the show where we are incredibly inspired by the love and change that local nonprofits bring to their communities. And we believe that speakers and nonprofit professionals deserve the chance to share their stories, collaborate, and network with their communities and sector. So without further ado, you're listening to Nonprofit Connect, a podcast by Rogue Creatives hosted by me, Matt Barnes. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes. Welcome. I'm Matt, and... And I'm Tiffany Pope, the one and only. The one and only is correct. Anyway, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. For those of you joining us, maybe for the first time. Yeah. New year, new podcast. New year, new me, resolution goals. Come on, let's go. Oh, my gosh. You got to bring the energy. (laughs) Come on, new year, new us, positive vibes. I'm I don't here know for when it. this is getting used. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> we're saying all this and then they'll end up putting this episode out in April yeah, or something, but no big, no big deal. Whatever. <laughs> this podcast is we are just passionate about nonprofits and we yeah. want to help them connect and learn from each other. And so that's really what it is. We do live events here in Newport Beach, California. Yeah. And you're welcome to join us for those once a month. Who wouldn't want to come here? If you're local. But if not, then you can tune into the podcast here. We get great yeah. guests and hear their views on Nonprofits, and you can learn from each other. It's great. It's great. So amazing. It's great. Isn't that so cool? That's so cool. So, so awesome. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> before we start recording, I said, well, what do you want to talk about? And Tiffany said, I don't know, music. <laughs> but uh, here's what I'm going to say about music. Tiff is much younger than I as my sister. A assistant lot younger. Here. And Emphasis I on remember that. one of the first times you came into my office and you saw the records on my wall mm-hmm. and you said, who's Billy Joel? <laughs> And I almost kicked you out. So, <laughs> okay. In all fairness, there's a lot of Billies. There's Billy Idol. There's Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh my gosh. I get, You're I get not confused. making this better at all. But I get really confused. Well, that's a gen- just a general state of kind of life <laughs> for you, I think, sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so if you want to know about good music, Maybe don't go to TIFF. I don't know. But then there's other things that you do know, like yeah. you're a big Fleetwood Mac fan. I love Fleetwood Mac. Which is just... Stevie Nicks, come on. Yeah. So, right. so who knows? But anyway. let's talk about right before this, I was singing a song and he had no clue what I was talking about. And it was from the 1990s. Yeah. I don't know. But then you played it and I was like, oh no, I know. I've heard that. Did, did you I don't know, know it. You, you weren't singing it. Well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, all right, let's get let's get to the podcast. Back We've to got it. some really cool guests today. Not one, but two. We've got Ooh. two guests. It's Ben Lambert and Adam Cohen. They're college students and they've co-founded a nonprofit called Kids Being Kids. Just, you know, wow. in their downtime when they're not that. studying. Doesn't that make you feel like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I mean, it makes wow. me feel like what are you doing with your life? <laughs> They started this just back in 2022, and they're up in Canada. Their mission is to give every child the chance to play sports regardless of their economic circumstances. These are your kind of people. This is right up my alley. Right? This is awesome. So they're partnering even now with big brands like New Balance and Mustangs Baseball and more, and they're just growing and doing amazing things. And I was really impressed when I talked to them because, I mean, they are college students, but it's just incredible what they've done in such a short amount of time. Wow. Throughout Canada, really, they're already expanding, and it's pretty cool. So, That's awesome. Really, really impressed with these guys. I think what they're going to share is going to blow you away, and they've learned a lot of lessons very quickly that they'll have to share. Mm. And so we want to share those with you. So Ben Lambert and Adam Cohen from Kids Being Kids will be with us right after this brief message from our sponsor. <laughs> okay. Bye. 
Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is brought to you by Rogue Creatives. Did you know that your brand has a personality all of its own? Well, it does. Or it should. But maybe it doesn't. How do you know if it does? Here's what you do. Ask yourself, does the way you describe your organization match the way you describe your branding? Because it really needs to. Why? Because people don't connect with organizations. They just don't. They don't feel connected to them. They, they feel connected to characters. They feel connected to personality. So it's super important that your brand has a personality that connects with the right people to bring them into your story. And that's what Rogue Creatives is all about. We've developed our very own process called the Strategic Storytelling Framework to define your brand personality and create a brand foundation that will make sure your organization has that main character energy that connects with others and pulls them right into your story. And by the way, it works. And we got the receipts. Our nonprofit clients have seen incredible increases in giving that have allowed them to help even more people and make the world a better place. Get started today by visiting roguecreatives.com slash NPC. That's NPC for Nonprofit Connect. You can schedule a free brand consultation and take our free online brand character quiz. And we all know that everybody loves a good online quiz, especially when it's free. So get over there and do that because it's, it, why not? Why wouldn't you? You love it. It's going to be fun. That's roguecreatives.com slash NPC to begin defining your brand character today. There's no commitment or risk for you at all. And honestly, we just can't wait to meet you. We, we kind of think we could be good friends. I think we could hang out. You could buy us lunch. We can help you with your branding and talk about the shows we're binging or whatever. It'd be nice. Rogue Creatives. Seriously, creative storytelling. All right, on with the show. Welcome, Ben and Adam, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, thanks for being here. Before we get started, we always start with some random questions just to break the ice a little bit, right? I got a list of like 60 questions, and then I have a randomizer that picks three of them. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. You can be a sidekick to any superhero, and you also get their powers. Which one would you choose? In my opinion, it's a no-brainer. Superman, I think... He's by far the most powerful superhero in both Marvel, DC, whatever you want to talk about. I'll argue Superman, forget Kryptonite, he's on top. Batman, to be honest, I think it's a scam. Batman cannot beat Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to go with, I don't know, like probably Iron Man, Tony Stark growing up. That guy was something else. I thought like he was the coolest guy ever. Superpowers, too sick. His house was awesome. He had, a, he had that new R8. I remember at the time it was like the coolest ever. I'm going to probably go with Iron Man. Like, that's like an iconic superhero. All right. Good answers. I judge your answers too. So just so you know, I'll tell you if it's a bad answer, I'll let you know. If you could insert yourself in any movie ever, what would it be? I'm just going to go with my favorite movie, which is Inception. I would love to be involved in Inception. I think conceptually, the idea of what's going on there and it's revolutionary, right? The whole dreaming aspect of it, dream within a dream, like you can do whatever you want. I would love to experience that once. I can never control my dreams. And I never got to do that. Some of my friends like were able to do that when we were young, but I always wanted to experience that at least once. And you might be right now. <laughs> it was a good one. I'd probably have to go with like, I mean, I got a lot of favorite movies. I have a list on my phone. I'm a big movie junkie, but I mean, my favorite movie is Green Book, but I can't go with Green Book. I don't know if I'd see myself in that, but probably Spider-Man. Like, I'd probably go back to the superhero. I think superheroes are so awesome. I'd probably go with Spider-Man. And I think that'd be cool to, like, be a sidekick a little bit. I think the Spider-Man movies would be pretty awesome to be a part of. All right, last question. 
when, not if, but when they make a movie about your lives, who's going to play you? Based on what my hair looks like right now, I'd probably go with Leonardo DiCaprio. They <laughs> slick back. <laughs> I'd probably go with Leo. I think he's good. He's got some good movies out there. I like him in a lot of his movies. Probably Leo. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one, Ben. I would want to go with a Jake Gyllenhaal. There you go. Okay, that could fit you, man. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Stay on theme with the whole superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into you guys and who you are. Now, you are the first college students, I think, that I've interviewed on this podcast. You don't get a lot of college students running nonprofit organizations. Tell us a little bit of your origin story. What brought you to where you are and what are you doing? little background, I guess, Ben and I's relationship. I met Ben during our first year in university. So we were all going through COVID-19 at the time. So it was a little hard to like meet new people and friends. No prom, by the way. No prom. We got to remember that. <laughs> we lost it on prom. No graduation trip. Plenty of stuff that we did miss, but it was kind of hard to meet people. So when I did meet Ben in my building, we were a similar age, right? So we were both experiencing the lack of social environment that we all had. So we were kind of also very like-minded individuals. Both Ben and I have an entrepreneurial mindset. So we met and we started talking about what we're going to do the summer of first year. And we, we were thinking of just business ideas and we worked together on a hardscaping business where we were doing power washing, deck staining, sealing, pretty much whatever someone asked us to do, we'd figure out a way to get it done. <laughs> yeah, we went, we like to think we would go into jobs and after first year, sometimes we'd have no idea what we were doing. Kind of just like, we got to YouTube this man, like we got to figure this one out. They asked us to do this. I think I've seen my dad do it, but like, I don't know. Let's go home, talk to our dads, get back at it. Like, I don't know if I could do this. So we did, yeah, I guess Adam, you can continue. But yeah, the hardscaping thing, a lot of stories. For sure with that. But yeah, can, yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah, a little bit of that for sure. But it was a great experience and it also helped us kind of gauge each other on a business level. So we learned how to work together. And then we kind of took that experience. And during our second year, we were looking to do something else. And we heard about all of our friends and during COVID we're both athletes. I mean, so we heard during COVID, there was a whole situation with the affordability of sports, big subject that came across in our lives. And we actually got into an argument, which I play baseball, Ben plays hockey. We were arguing about which sport is more expensive to play. Cause I mean, I was, I was breaking a baseball bat and I'm like, crap, that's another 300, $400 down the drain right there. And hockey sticks and shin pads and the whole set is also expensive. So we had gone to a fight about it. And out of that fight came the realization that at the end of the day, we both have a ton of equipment sitting in our houses that's worth an incredible value that is getting no utilization anymore. Like this stuff just sits there collecting dust and who's to say it can't go to use. So we wanted to think of a way to kind of gather all that equipment and find another life for it. And who's to say like this stuff is even in bad shape? A lot of times people will have stuff sitting down there that maybe they used for half a season or not even brand new stuff that no one touches. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff we get is like basically brand new. It could be like right off the shelf and no one right now. And yeah, to go down this point, like it's good equipment. 
And everyone has kids that have grown out of equipment. If it's your first pair of skates, second pair of skates, or your third baseball bat, or a helmet that you wore when you're in whatever elementary school, everyone had equipment in their basement, but no one had a means to get rid of it. It was just sitting there. And they didn't take time of their day to bring it to somewhere to drop it off. They didn't know where to drop it off at. And then we became that resource. Then, you know, pick up that equipment, drop it off and find another home for it. So is that's the model for kids being kids? Yeah. Well, there's like, I guess you could say there's a couple, there's two ways we could be. We separate it two different ways. You have like a collection and then a distribution side of things. So the collection part will either go to, you know, door knocking, asking people you have equipment you're willing to donate. And then from there, we'll spread it out to distribution sites. So like a YMCA, we have a boys and girls club in Canada, same type of concept. There's a teen challenge. I'm not sure if that's in America, but it's definitely in Canada. We we have different partnerships that we work with that have kids and they know the kids, they know the families because we don't know the families personally. And then they help us distribute to those families in need. And is it just the two of you or do you have other people helping you? Yeah. So we started it uh, August, 2021. We did it with, I think, five or six other students. And then come the summertime this year, probably around May, June, we brought on a lot of other people. We opened up a bunch of other divisions. So we have a division in Montreal, a division in Guelph, and then a division in London, Ontario, as well as St. Catharines, so Niagara region. And I think each team kind of facilitates the same type of operation that we do but in their area. So they have a team of whatever, four or five. And I think we're now around 30 people in that range. And yeah, everyone kind of facilitates their own, I guess you could think like team in the same type of same process. And are they, are they uh, volunteers or are they paid staff? Yeah. So everyone's a volunteer. Everyone's doing it for experience, learn the process, be a part of it. I think it's really interesting. A lot of people, after they drop something off, they give me a call right away. Man, like when's the next drive? Like let's do this again. Help me with another idea. Our team wants to do another one. Like they were so inspired by it. So it's all volunteers, all students, all at different schools, kind of facilitating the same stuff that we do at Kids Being Kids. What's been the biggest challenge for you in getting this up and running? I would say right off the bat is just to go back for a second. Like we had this idea of, it seems like in theory, perfect, right? Everyone has equipment in their basements and people are most often ready to get rid of this stuff. Like it just sits there taking up room, right? So A lot of people are happy to get it off their hands. And at the beginning, we started collecting all this equipment and it was sitting there in my garage and my dad started to get on me about it. And we came across our first obstacles. Like we have the equipment now, but we don't exactly have the channels to distribute this equipment to the kids that need it. So we had to figure out ways to start outreaching from cold calling, emailing, as much as you can think of to try and get people on board with our vision and find avenues to distribute the equipment to kids that actually need it. So I think that was probably the biggest and the first obstacle that we had to get over. Also like to add on, like finding the right kid. You know what I mean? Like that shoe size seven, it's hard to find the exact kid for that size, for that exact baseball bat, that exact size, that exact gender, whatever it is. It's difficult. We don't know the kids. We don't know the fan. Boys and Girls Club YMCA. I guess those organizations, they know the families personally a lot better than us. And they're the ones that know Johnny needs a size seven, Michael needs a size six. And they let us know that those kids need that. And we go from there. Kind of like our middleman in the situation to get the equipment to the kids. So you've been partnering with these other organizations. Correct. Yeah. Has that been easy or challenging? Like what's kind of come out of that for you? Actually, working with those institutions has helped us tremendously because they not only are large actors with organizational structures in place that can help us, but they also have programs 
that serve these underprivileged kids that we're trying to find. So we work with certain programs like the Boys and Girls Club, which do their after school programs for socioeconomic communities that maybe are in need of new equipment. So they helped us facilitate that. And then we would organize the outreach and have them promote it for us. And then that way we can connect with the people that we need to. So they've definitely helped us and they believe in our vision as well. So I would say it hasn't been as challenging as you may think. They've definitely helped us streamline the entire operation, which has been very, very nice. That's awesome. Do you have anything you wanted to add to that, Ben? No, I think he kind of chipped, like he kind of hit it all. But I think the biggest thing was like the first one was the big, was like the hardest one. I think if we have to like remember what the hardest one was, it was getting that first person to believe in us and what we wanted to do. Cause we had a bunch of equipment. It was all in Adam's garage. It was more just like, we could do it. Just give us a list of stuff you need and we'll go find it. And that's what happened our first time was, I mean, our first partner was Boys and Girls Club. We spoke to the person that ran that location. And they told us we need X, Y, and Z. There was a bunch of stuff. I think there was like karate mats on there. There was like a bunch of stuff, hot equipment, basketball, whatever it was. Like 20 pound dumbbells, like random equipment. Random stuff. And then we went on a hunt. And that was like our the original model or the, the original process to getting the equipment was not effective at all. We would just go running around. We have six people and everyone just go door knocking. Like, we need karate mats. We need karate mats. Like start calling karate places and our dojos. And that's the hardest one was definitely the first one for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I think with any nonprofit, well, anything, probably there's a pretty steep learning curve there and you learn and you adapt. I think the reason I asked about the partnering is one of the things that we're always trying to encourage people is to find ways to collaborate, nonprofits to collaborate with each other and find ways that they can complement each other's services and help each other out. And there there seems to be sometimes a resistance to that. Sometimes they don't want to do that. Did you find that at all or were people pretty open? I would say they're pretty open. I mean... Our business model kind of works on that aspect of collaboration. We pride ourselves on our strength being that collection. And then they have the channels to distribute it. So we're kind of just combining our strengths to at the end of the day, help those that need it. So I find that the only resistance that we found was, again, like as college kids, like we have to prove, I guess, our legitimacy to them, right? Our, like our effectiveness and our drive to actually get it done. So I think that once we got over that hump, we're able to use that to get to our next institution, right? And then use it as evidence to say, listen, we've done this successfully. We've done that successfully. Here's how we can help you do it as well. And are you an official nonprofit organization? So right now, it's a little bit of a bureaucratic process. We're, we're trying to navigate that space where, I mean, we started just as a grassroots organization and now we're definitely picking up steam and we're putting in place the processes that we need to in order to register as a nonprofit. So yeah, we've started the process for sure. And we're going through it now. But as of today, we're not technically not registered now. So you're not fundraising right now? No, no, we're not working with finances. It's not monetary donations. We're strictly using equipment. Got it. Very cool. So yeah, there's definitely challenges to being a nonprofit. There's challenges to not being a nonprofit. What are you hoping that, you know, when you get your nonprofit status, what are, I guess, what's next? Like, what are you hoping to take the next steps? I think just being able to like run an event and raise money. The power of money is just insane. And we all know that. So being able to raise funds and being able to put that use to you know, buying equipment and then giving it out to families. I think we just, yeah, hosting events and raising money. And something we noticed with Jumpstart Canada. So Jumpstart Canadian Tire, I'm not sure if you're aware of who they are, but what they do is the same type of kind of concept as us, but they, Jumpstart's made by Canadian Tire. 
And they give 20% discounts to customers who, I guess, meet this criteria. And that's their way of kind of giving back. It's like the same thing we do, but they give discounts to go use in store. And I think our model would be to buy the equipment and give it away completely free. So now the 20%, like it's covering tax. You know what I mean? Like they do. So I think giving away the equipment for free would be what we would do with the money. But yeah, hosting events would be the biggest thing for sure. Got it. Very cool. Yeah. I'd also just add, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, but scalability with finances obviously comes the ability to create a larger version of what we're doing right now. Like we're limited. Everything's coming out of our pocket, gas money, all of that. So time and money is definitely important. And the ability to bring people on that are, are I guess, more experienced and bring that professional like, would really help for sure. And that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah, the infrastructure there. And I would imagine space becomes a concern as you start to accumulate equipment and need a place to keep it before you distribute it. And you get more and more and bigger and bigger. But let's go back to the student aspect of it. I'm interested in this, always fascinated. I went to school and was focused on school and (laughs) doing school and having friends and whatnot. And you guys, you're on your second business now. What were the challenges in that for you? And why not just be students? What was it about this that was like, no, we got to do this? I think it was creating a business with no cost. We had Ace Hardscaping. We did all those other other businesses. We had caught. It was like the costs were insane for some of the stuff that we did. So I think we were able to run a business with a very little cost. Obviously, it's not a business, but that business concept. And yeah, like pretend like, you know, we're in grow like an organization, create a team, leadership, give out tasks, have team meetings. I think we like the concept of growing something together. I think, you know, me, Adam work really well together. So I think it was a little bit of that that was involved. I don't know, Adam, if you want to add on. I'd say the biggest difficulty of balancing school and like the nonprofit is time. Definitely time is tough. It demands like a lot out of you and have to learn to balance it. But I would say there's no real way to tell you to just be a student. I guess it's just who Ben and I are. Like we enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy it, you'd be done on the first month. We genuinely enjoy every aspect of the, from the outreach to the donations. It's satisfying for us and it's just that part of our brain. So it's, I think it's a genuine passion of ours, which keeps us motivated. Yeah. Being a student been challenging from the perception perspective as far as dealing with people like, is it a problem, you know, taking you seriously or that type of thing? Or has that been actually not a problem? I would say there's there's a pro and con to it. I mean, like I mentioned before, some people, when they hear that you're a student, they kind of, I don't want to say think less of you, but they take you a little bit less seriously as opposed to when you graduate. But it also helps you get your foot in the door. Like, hey, we're two college kids we have this initiative going and then it helps you start that conversation. Like people love to see two college kids with initiative and if it's a good for a good cause too, it helps even more. Right. So I would say there's a little bit of drawback, but it also helps in certain ways. It's actually a way into the story for people in a lot of ways. My company works with a lot of nonprofits in telling their stories and bringing people into their story. And you got to look for, whatever that you can connect with people on to bring them in. And I think that's an aspect that is unique for you that is going to be interesting. And also the fact that right now, at least, you're not asking for money. I think (laughs) there's that part of it that there's also maybe a a relief. You knock on the door and it's like, oh, you just 
want old equipment? Yeah, oh, yeah, we can do that. You know, I mean, I would imagine that that would play into it a little bit. You want to clear space in my basement? That'd be awesome. Like, come clear the space in my basement. Like, I don't want this stuff. That's exactly what happens every time. Right. So you're actually doing them a favor at the same time <laughs> in some ways. It's like, oh, yeah, all that old junk I got in there that I haven't really thought about. And you're right. Even that old stuff, though, I mean, maybe it got used for a season and then that's it. Exactly. Because people grew out of it so quickly. You literally wear it for a season. I remember like I got like so many skates in my basement that I just wear it for a season. That was it. I just can't rotate it. That's crazy. There's also as students, it's, it brings a unique opportunity for us to kind of put into real life, like what we're learning in school. We actually get to apply the knowledge we're learning. And even for our team, we've assembled a team of students across like various undergraduate degrees that all bring unique skill sets. So they all get to apply with their learning, which will help them in their careers, as well as help us. It's kind of a mutually beneficial idea for really everyone that's involved, which I think has helped us bring a lot of success. Like we have marketing students, we have engineering students who have helped us. For example, uh, software engineering helps us do our website, stuff like that. Business, well, I'm in business. This is basically running a business without money. So it's important to learn how to facilitate and structure a business environment. I think it helps us all. Well, and in some ways, it's fascinating to me to think about it this way because different people start businesses from different places or different viewpoints. And a lot of people start it from, I've got a business plan and I know the finances, but they don't know the teamwork aspect or they don't know all those kind of things. And you guys are able to do this and sort of run an organization without having to necessarily run the businessy part, the finances and all that stuff, and really focusing on the organization and creating an organization. And what does that look like? And then what a great experience for everyone involved that can be applied to any business, any nonprofit, any anything that you guys or any students that work with you go to do in the future. Yeah, for sure. Very, very cool. What advice would you give to other college students who are like, have an idea for something they want to do? I mean, in some ways, you've created the ultimate college group project <laughs> for no grade. But what advice, like if people were thinking of doing something like this, what are the things that you would advise? I think just do it. Just get up. If you have that idea, it's just like, what's the con of it? You know, okay, yeah, it doesn't work out, whatever. But I think, yeah, just try to give a couple calls. It's our cold call. I think when me and Adam came up with the idea of doing kids being kids and running an organization like this, I think we just like woke up the next day like, hey, let's do it. Let's start making calls. Who are we calling? Who do we got to call? Who's the first person we're going to have on the team? Who do we need help? With? You know, knows who? Yeah, we just woke up and did it. Like, let's go. Yeah. I would say just to add to that, follow through. I think if you have the idea, an idea is an idea. It's nothing unless you follow through. And once you have people that believe in you and believe in your vision, you need to follow through. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have that drive for someone to believe in what you want to do, like, it'll hit a dead end and then everyone will kind of dissipate. So I think if you're going to start an idea, be prepared to follow through. Yeah, I tell people all the time because people come to me and like, oh, what do you think of this idea that I'm thinking of doing or whatever? But a lot of times people will say, I'm sure somebody's thought of this or I'm sure, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure somebody has. That doesn't mean they followed through on it. It doesn't mean they actually did it. And even if they did, it doesn't mean that they're going to do it the way that you would do it and what you bring to it. But there's no really new ideas under the sun. But so many people have 
tons of great ideas and nobody ever actually follows through and actually makes it happen. So I'm very impressed that you guys have done this. What is the future for kids being kids? What do you want it to be? I think just going back to like what we were talking before, in my mind, I want to scale it. I think it's, it's a scalable idea. And we're already trying our best to do that right now by copy and pasting what we've successfully done in London, Ontario, to other cities in Canada. It's just increasing the amount of collection, increasing the amount of distribution. The more kids that we can get involved in sports, I think the better. And there's so many benefits. We can go on and on about the positive impacts of sports for kids from their physical health to their mental health to their sociability. I think we just want to go take it to the moon. Reality, just go as far as we can, help as many kids as we can, really. That's my idea for it. Completely agree. I don't know. It's just, yeah, scale it. Do you at all deal with some of the stuff you were just talking about as far as like addressing the positives of sports or any of that? Or is it really just about supplying the equipment and the to the people who need it? Do you guys do any talks about mental health or any of the types of things that go along with that? Or is it more partnering with people that do stuff like that? I don't know if we've done anything directly like that, but we've had a couple, I guess you could say, classes on starting a business at the YMCA with their programs, YMCA, other like a newcomer program. We've done a couple classes like that when we teach a bunch of kids how we started Kids Being Kids, exact same thing we're doing right now. And we just talked to the kids about it. We gave the kids, we talked to them about the idea, how we did it, and then we got them to pitch us an idea. And I think we split them up to groups of three or four. I mean, some of the kids came with unreal ideas. And yeah, that was kind of the only thing. It was more like starting a business, but not directly around like mental health, the act of living. Hopefully in the near future, something comes up. Yeah, I think it's very exciting. And I just think aside from the practical of what you're providing these kids, the the example you're setting of do something, you know, <laughs> if you got an idea, let's go for it. It's, I was listening to, I don't know if you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger just put out a book and he's been doing the podcast circuit. So I heard him on a couple different podcasts and his book is Be Useful and he's talking about that. But he was saying same kind of thing, like, okay, what can I do and why wait? If you can do it, go do it. And it's funny that you even brought up the hardscaping thing because he talked about like that was one of the things that he and a buddy did one summer while they were trying to figure out how to survive as they're trying to figure out what's next. And they just started a landscaping thing and they had no idea what they were doing. And <laughs> but they advertised it like they did. And yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Definitely uh, exaggerated. We thought we were professional. They thought we were professional. But... Out of our playbook right there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> OK, you guys, <laughs> you guys are on the same track. I remember we had a customer that asked us, like, again, we were just doing decks. Like, we were just standing decks. And we had a customer ask us one day, I'll never forget this. He had probably a 70 foot tree and he loved it so much. And it was in like, his whole backyard was patio. It was all wood. And then he had a couple trees and they were huge trees. Like they must've been destroying the bottom of the deck. And he's like, I love this tree, but I want to move it to the front yard. Is that possible? <laughs> I was like, oh, we could figure something out for sure. Like, I mean, I'll talk, I'll go back, I'll talk, we'll try to plant something out. And I texted him and I was like, yeah, there's no way, you know, we'll be able to do this. But I remember we had some crazy requests. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> I just want to quickly add, though, Matt, about starting an idea or following through with that idea. It's like the idea of recycling sports equipment. Like this isn't a revolutionary idea. Like by no means are I feel like we're not reinventing the wheel. And this is the first thing that we did. Like we went online and we searched like, are people doing this? And I think we're combining the business models of two large companies, one being Jumpstart Canada, which we've just explained like they do monetary discounts, which 
absolutely help families. And then we wanted to combine that with the idea of, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Play It Again Sports, you resell secondhand sport equipment. So the stuff still has value and it just doesn't have the means of getting from one place to the other. And we're just trying to fill that gap, but it's not a revolutionary idea. We're just following through with it. And if there's someone else that's doing it out there, like we're just want to do it better than them and we want to do it simpler, right? And that's our goal. And I think no matter the idea, you can definitely find a way to execute it. Yeah, for sure. I love it. That's so great. As we sort of wrap up, is there anything else that you would want people to know or want to share? I think if I had to choose one thing, like going back to the whole, like, just do it and get up and going, like the whole carpe diem, when it's just like actions speak louder than words and just go do it. You know what I mean? I think that's what we did. And that's what got to us where we are now, which is very small. We're still a startup, but we've seen a little bit of growth. I think like every day, just go do it. Actions speak louder than words. I think that's what I always kind of lean back to. Mine would be try and connect with your community. I mean, like prior to doing this, I didn't even know I had a local boys and girls club in my area. You know what I mean? Like seeing a common place for people and especially kids to come together and bond over whatever maybe physical activity or in classrooms, whatever it is. I think seeing strangers come together is a phenomenal thing. And it kind of changed my whole perspective as soon as we started doing it when you have people come from different schools and different areas together to one place kind of reminds you that there is a communal aspect to like where I live. And I think that's a great thing to see and a great reminder if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. We got a few closing questions for you here. And one is tied into what you just said. How do you guys connect with your community? I would say it definitely relates to what we were just talking about. Like coming to these places like the YMCA and Boys and Girls Club, like these are communal institutions that don't discriminate regardless to any sort of race, gender, age, doesn't matter. They're open to everyone and that's a real community. You know what I mean? Like these people genuinely get together purely out of their own love and passion and we just join it. You know what I mean? Like that's how we connect to our community. We try and help them and add value in, in regards to like what we can offer. And we don't ask for anything in exchange. And I think that's what they all do. Everyone comes there to give what they can. Is there somebody that in the world of nonprofits that you look up to or inspires you? I think personally, we were talking about this not too long ago to get, but I don't want to like talk about it too much, but like the whole idea of Jumpstart, like they kind of took a similar business idea and this is a national project. They've kind of like, this is our goal. President of Jumpstart, Scott Fraser, I think that would be someone who I look up to in, in regards to what they were able to accomplish. I think it's great and it's definitely something that we look to and inspires us to continue what they're able to accomplish. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, yeah, Jumpstart. We, if, we were, if we're going to have a lunch with somebody, we've got to have a lunch with our competitors. So I'd probably go with, like, I'd probably go with him. <laughs> I love the idea of a competition in charity. Like, it sounds so counterintuitive or just wrong in some ways, but at the same time, it's like, no, we're competing for who could do more good. So does anybody lose in that competition? You know what I mean? Like, we're all just pushing each other to do more good stuff. <laughs> no, it's a healthy competition for sure. We need it. We like it. I mean, to be fair, I would say we're not much of a competition on their part yet, but <laughs> yeah. we'll be on their radar soon enough and we'll help each other, hopefully, and not just compete. That's right. 
And that's when the movie gets made with Leo and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> awesome. Last question. What aspect of your job brings you the most joy? I'm going to have to go with probably seeing the kids when we've dropped off equipment in the past and you get to drop off sports equipment or running shoes, whatever it is. And then the following week, we go back to drop off something completely different. And you see those kids at that after school program wearing those shoes and using the equipment. I think that was like the hit home was just seeing that firsthand. I was like, wow, like it goes a long way. The stuff that was going to go in the garbage that was brand new was put to use. And you see the kids running around in the court. I think it's an unreal feeling. I guess similarly for me, I would say the thank you notes. We get these thank you notes. And in addition to I just like making use out of the stuff, like going out of your way to to thank us, like we get handwritten notes, emails, whatever it is, like it kind of feeds into that motivation to say like, it's nice to see our hard work pay off and the thankfulness that we get back. It keeps us going and it's definitely a nice reminder why we're doing this. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm gonna ask you one more question that just popped into my head. You're leading an organization of entirely volunteers. How do you keep them motivated and excited and bring that joy to them for what they're doing? Yeah, keeping them engaged, get them involved in everything that we do. If it's redesign the website, like, hey, guys, come hop on this meeting. We have a cool meeting. Come, you know, help us with this. That and like making them feel valued, you know, showing that like the work they're doing is like helping so many people and getting them to go to like, attend those drop offs, see those kids, getting the same experiences and the same feelings that we get, sharing that with everyone else is contagious. And I think that's what keeps them motivated a little bit is just seeing it all happen. And then being part of a startup too, sort of a year ago, right? Who knows what happens in five years? So I think a little bit of that too, as well. Awesome. Where do people find more information about you guys and what you're doing? I think it should be just kidsbeingkids.ca. And then our Instagram is kidsbeingkids.org. So those are two main social media platforms. Awesome. Well, Adam and Ben, thank you guys so much for joining me today. This has been really cool. And when I see people like you guys doing what you're doing, I have hope for the future, which sometimes is a hard thing to come by around here. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for having us, Matt. Yes, thank you. That was awesome. Well, well, there you have it. This episode of Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes, brought to you by Rogue Creatives, is over. It's done. Finished. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? You're going to take the dog for a walk, maybe have some dinner. Before you do any of those things, could you do us a massive favor and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever else you listen to us? Obviously, you don't have to, but, you know, it'd be very, very appreciated. Oh, and if you want to hear more from us, visit our website at npconnect.roguecreatives.com. That's npconnect, like Nonprofit Connect, .roguecreatives.com. We'll see you soon. Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is hosted and executive produced by me, Matt Barnes, with an assist by my chaos coordinator, Tiffany Pope. Production is by our amazing friends over at Fame, the B2B podcast agency, along with Belinda Carter-Thompson and the team here at Rogue Creatives. Production lead is Luke Audi at Fame. Writing is by Sam Hollis at Fame and Matt Barnes and Taylor Bolanos from Rogue Creatives. Nemanja Koljaja of Fame is our audio editor and Arslan Yakub from Fame is our video editor. Creative direction is by Corey Hill of Rogue. Our artwork is designed by Hope O'Kelly and Joshua Marino at Rogue and Ian Salas of Fame. Theme music is composed and performed by Jared Atherton of Chapters. Luke Audi of Fame does our booking and our guest relations. Huge thanks to our amazing guests for joining us for this episode and to all of you incredible listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, and I don't know why you wouldn't have, don't forget to help us spread some good by giving us a good review. Preferably, you know, five stars with lots of words saying how amazing we are on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. 
Also, tell your friends and subscribe so we can come straight into your potholes each and every time we have a new episode. For more information about Nonprofit Connect or to join us at a live event here in Orange County, California, visit our website, npconnect.roguecreatives.com. We'll catch you next time. This has been a Rogue Creatives production. 